Hey, Isaac. Hey. What's going on? Oh, I can't hear you. Where you at? Right here. You can't hear me? I can't hear you. Nope. Hmm. It must not like my headphones. Nope. It goes can't hear you. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Isaac, can you hear me? Can I can you hear, hear you. me, Isaac? Hold on. Isaac, can Hold you on. hear me? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I still can't hear you. What the heck? Hold on. Hold on. Audio. Headphones. Hold on. Headphones. Uh-oh, wait. Maybe it's me. Uh, this is always good stuff. Oh, my gosh, dude. I don't know what happened. Can I, you hear me? Yeah, it must. my headphones went, like, dead during the thing. That was well, weird. Can I, can I put, I'm putting my headphones back on. Then. Yeah, obviously it was me. Sorry. It's automatically blame you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. That's awesome. That's great <laughs> intro right there. Perfect. <laughs> That's, uh, Nothing. Uh, Hold on. And I hate you on that side. Okay, that's better. We're good. We're up. We're up. Automatically, automatically just assume it's my. Oh, my camera went out. There is there your camera goes. God, oh, you're what, what is happening? Oh. Your stupid laptop camera. All right, tonight we have uh, Eric Haria talking about um, his book and his experiences. Uh, his book is a bomb hunter's story: my life clearing the roads in Iraq. Uh, we're gonna bring him on in just a second, um, but Luke is just a mess tonight so he messed up our whole setup here um so hold on oh my goodness what we're gonna bring eric on we're gonna start this thing up without luke here we go eric how's it going brother i'm good how about you hanging in there um, let's go with this background here. So, um, thanks for coming on, man. Um, we're waiting for Luke to get his camera back up and running again. But uh, how did Luke pick you up for the podcast? Let's start with that. Uh, I broadcast my story or on a couple of the Facebook posts, okay. and uh, he messaged me maybe about a couple of weeks ago or something like that to get something going. So, yeah, okay. I said no problem. We'll talk about it. Awesome, awesome. So that was on like a on like a podcast sharing Facebook group type thing, or yeah. Awesome, awesome. I was, I was. Oh, I'm back. By the way, hi, hi, Eric. <laughs> Welcome to know? the show. Good. Uh, so yeah, Isaac, I was trying to find something because we like Eric. Normally, what we do is we have like local businesses, local companies, local yeah. elected officials, and I was trying to get something a little different. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, I was kind of going over the over like these. I'm a member of these uh, podcast groups, and they're called what are they called it? Like uh, be a guest. Yeah, it's like podcast co- collaboration or yeah. Something like that. yeah, yeah. So so I saw Eric's post. I saw a picture. I was like, dude, that is freaking awesome. And and yeah, we've had a good one, you know. And I'm I'm just looking for something you know a little bit different and something that we're interested in, and you know, and and uh, you know to kind of go from there. So it, it, yeah, thanks for coming, yeah. man. Uh, thanks for having me. So, well, let's start. Let's start with um, what we do with all of our guests. Let's start. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? And um, all that good stuff. I grew up on the north side of Chicago. Um, normally, that's Cubs territory, but I'm a Sox fan, which is south side of Chicago. Nice. So then, yeah, I went to high school up north Chicago, and then uh, decided to go to college. Uh, that didn't work out for me too well, so mm-hmm. got kicked out. I went to Northern Illinois University and um, got an ultimatum from my mother. She says, uh, you're going to go to community college, get a job, live at home. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I need to do something else. So a few of my friends uh, joined the military, too, that went to Northern with me. And I said, you know, I might as well give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, talked to a recruiter, got a lot of information. Um, didn't quite know what I was getting myself into, but, uh, yeah, it's a eventful journey. And, uh, you were in the army. Yeah. I decided to join the army. Um, I had, a uh, two uncles that were Vietnam vets. One was army, one was Navy. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I just thought of it this way. It's like, if I join the Navy, I'm on a boat, it sinks kind of screwed. If I join the Air Force, I'm in a plane. I'm kind of screwed if that crash crashes. So 
my logical thing was my feet are on the ground so I could determine my own fate. <laughs> Interesting that you ended up in like bombs though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, well, the the funny thing about it was is that when I went to Northern, uh, I lived in C building level four, so C four, and that's a type of explosive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So wow. that was another clue I should have seen. So, like, if I was ever going to be in the military, I think you know what I was going to do: Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Yep. <laughs> that's what I would have done because in that way you're just just around our coast. That's yeah, you can, go fish, you can go fishing a lot. Yeah, you stay yeah, on land, but you, you fish a lot. I'm well, getting a nice suntan. No. I'm sh- yeah. Funny story about that. I I ended up in Kuwait for a short time, and uh, those guys guarding the the port in Kuwait. I find out they're Hawaiian uh, National Guard for the Coast Guard. I'm like, man, I picked the wrong job. Yeah. So, really? <laughs> Um, so, 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 so you go into the military, uh, you go, I assume, boot camp or, again, totally on military people. So, Eric, yeah, correct us. Yeah, we know no nothing. Um, yeah, so you, what, you go into the military or, or how's that work? Boot camp. So I went to the recruiter um, trying to look for jobs. I always liked building things as a kid. So combat engineer caught my eye. And the description for combat engineer was building fortifications and clearing minefields. Um, I'm like, well, I like to build things, so I might as well check it out. My recruiter had no idea what it was, so he was just, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, he just told me I was going to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and he says it gets hot. So I'm like, you know what, whatever. So I went to my uncle, who was a Vietnam vet, found out he was a combat engineer too. So he kind of told me what it was. It was like, yeah, we were building fortifications out in Vietnam and bunkers and things of that nature. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. That's no problem. So... I ended up going to basic training for 16 weeks. Um, I got to pick my duty station, decided to go to Germany, um, ended up there. But uh, the thing is, is that the Iraq war wasn't about building fortifications and clearing minefields anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were minefields, but it was more in Afghanistan. So the problem was for the Iraq war were these IEDs, these bombs. So yeah. the military decided to use combat engineers to find these IEDs since we knew um, explosives. Because another term for us are called breachers. So normally combat engineers are attached to infantry units. And wherever they need to go into, we find a way to get into them. So we built like many explosives, blow down doors, walls, or anything of that nature. So that's what we were experienced in. So since we knew a little bit about um, bomb making that... They figured that we'd be able to find these things a lot better. Wow! So, so you and you did your six. Like when you were in boot camp, was that specifically designed for? Like boot camp is separate from finding bombs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, boot camp is about um, twelve weeks. Okay, and then you go to AIT, which is your school for your job. So AIT for me was about a month. Depending on the job you pick, you could be there for maybe a month to about a year. I think like chemical yeah. units, those are like year-long schools. And wow. your contract doesn't even start until your school ends. So you're in the right. military for about a year before you even do anything. So yeah. and then first you went to Germany. What year was that? Uh, that was the fall of 05. 05. And then you got pulled to Iraq, you said? Yeah, uh, a lot of the German units, or sorry, the German bases were closing down. So I got pulled to the 9th Engineer Battalion. Um, A battalion is usually made up of about 500 soldiers. And 9th Engineers was one of the very last um, combat engineer units. Like I said before, engineers are usually attached to an infantry unit. So there's maybe only maybe about... 10 12 guys so with us there's 500 of us so we get to do kind of what our job is by ourselves so yeah um there was a lot of other units in germany and they all came to schweinfurt germany which i was stationed it's maybe a small town about an hour hour and a half east of frankfurt okay um so but the unit had to be built up and we had to get more and more soldiers and the time to go to Iraq kept getting delayed because leadership issues and just getting things in order. And that's a lot of things I explain in my book about a lot of power trip going on and 
uh, people looking out for their own careers. So, well, you're going to get that in anything, right? Even oh, yeah. in the even in the government, even in, in the military. yeah, government, military, yeah. absolutely. So, so you go to Iraq now. I'm trying to think. So, the Iraq War went from when to when? Um, so, yeah, shortly after 9/11. Yeah, 2001. Um, yeah, and then uh, it took them a while to get in and yep. to establish everything. So by the time I got to Baghdad, I mean, it was pretty well established. Okay. Um, but route clearance was uh, starting a new thing. That's what our mission was. So route clearance is finding these IEDs. Wow. Um, so we ended up having these specialized vehicles that were a little bit more bomb resistant. I mean, they weren't completely bomb resistant. Um, but then, so we would have RG-31s. They're really tall vehicles. They must be like 20 feet high and really long. But one of our main vehicles is actually called the Buffalo. Have you guys ever seen the first Transformers movie? I actually have yeah. a little miniature model of this Buffalo. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that thing, Isaac? Yeah. So this is the transformer. It turns into the transformer. Um, yeah. But the main weapon on this thing is this large That's crane. That's what that thing this. was for. So this crane could hold maybe about 200, 250 pounds. So what we would do is if we ever came across something that looked suspicious, we would use this crane to move things around, dig mm. things up. Um, wow. Just to look. Uh, but... Uh, the whole thing about our mission was is that uh, we had to go slow down the roads. We would go five miles an hour down the road because yeah. in Baghdad, there's trash everywhere. I mean, you, in the medians, there'd be huge landfills. And yeah. to even look at something, you have to go five miles an hour. But we were doing this about six, six times a week. Mm. So going by these trash piles, we actually memorized them. So <laughs> if we actually... Wow saw something different in the trash pile nine times out of 10, there was an IED that was placed there and we would find something. Whoa. And they're just, so when you find an IED, so you're in this truck or this, whatever. Con, that convoy. Was, yeah. yeah. Convoy. And you find an IED, you just scoop it up and move it or explode. Like it's going to trip, right. And explode. Like what's the, what's the play on that? It depends. Um, it could be detonated um, by pressure wire. So usually like you find like pressure, like wires across the road. Mm -hmm. Most of the times we find like Christmas lights across the road. Yeah. And that looks totally out of place. Um, right. Sometimes it'd be cell phone detonated, um, hmm. like a garage door opener or sometimes wow. even a light switch. Um, also, we would also come across things called EFPs, which were uh, lasers that detected heat. So anything that was hot that went by it, our engines mostly, yeah. it would explode. Hmm. Wow. So you're never you're never physically getting out of the vehicle though and messing with it. You're just using that crane arm to Yeah. So <laughs> what what we what we would do is if we actually did find something, we'd make sure the area is safe. And then we would call in the EOD uh, guys. They're the dispo bomb disposable guys. Mm -hmm. But depending on where we were at in Baghdad, sometimes it would take them like an hour, two hours just to get to us. So then they would come out with their little robot, look at it, and then they'd make a little charge and throw it on the IED and then explode it in place. And then oh, they'd continue mission. That's how they get rid of it. Keep I looking. Like, like, Isaac, I couldn't imagine. Like, yeah. you're in a hostile country. You're in, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Eric, thank you for your service because that is Absolutely, insane. man. Thank you. Insane to me to have to do that. I mean, wow. And then, I, I mean, I, I read through the book. You get into some different stories as far as you know, getting trapped, like getting getting trapped, getting stuck. You know, different stuff. I mean, tell not to ruin the book. Get into the book a little bit uh, with us, and, and of what what you know, give us uh, give us a summary of it, so to speak. Yeah. So, my first deployment was the the height of the Iraq War. That was when Bush had his surge. So there mm -hmm. was like 10, 20,000 troops that came in. And we, we noticed it because we got really busy. And we were finding 
IEDs almost every almost every other day. We mm-hmm. would uh, our 15 months, our unit alone found 126 IEDs, and that's not including the ones that blown up on us or the fake ones we found. Wow. So was the point of the IEDs like to it was just to annoy you, slow you down or just try and wreck as much havoc as possible? Or what what was the point of them? Um, a lot of the times it was mainly to take out large tanks, um, mm-hmm. also disrupting convoys like supply convoys. Um, and, but most of the times they were detonated on us because we were the guys that would look for them. Yeah. Um, and there, there's certain like road codes. So there's um, like uh, orange, red, and black. So orange is like, it's, it's a little dangerous, but it's, or it's a little safe, but not dangerous. Red is it's really dangerous, and black is you cannot drive on that road. We were the only unit in Iraq that was able to drive on black roads because we were the ones finding these things. Wow. <laughs> and as far as like taking fire, you know what I mean, that kind of stuff. Were you guys under fire a lot? I, uh, yeah, I, I've been, I've been shot at a few times, um, been RPG'd. Um, I've, I've been, my, me and myself, I've been blown up twice, but a lot of my buddies yeah. have been blown up three, four times. So, I mean, I, I'm a little more fortunate than some of the other guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, our first deployment, we ended up losing four soldiers and a couple wow. more to injuries. Um, a lot of guys who did get blown up, they were fortunate enough not to have any physical damage to them, but, um, sometimes your luck runs out. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say blown up, I mean, we're talking about... In one of the big vehicles, and then you just miss one and drive yeah. by it, and they detonate it? Or you said it's like uh, like running over one of the wires? Depending on what it is. Usually yeah. afterwards, um, we do an assessment on the bomb site. And Man. from the little details, we could tell right away how it was detonated. And uh, for those of you for those of you watching, um, you can buy. If you have questions, feel free to ask Eric uh, questions in the comments. Uh, also, here's his book. Uh, this is available on like all the major sites. Correct, uh, correct, Eric. Uh, right now, it's on Amazon. Amazon, awesome. yeah, a bomb hunter story. Uh, my life clearing uh, the roads of Iraq. Uh, so again, check it out. Um, I actually got it on my Kindle, Isaac. Did you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it up at the beach next week. I'm going to the beach right. next week, Eric. I, I, would like to, awesome. I would like to let you know, Eric, I will be finishing your book at the beach next week, sir. Um, go on so what are, what are some things – so you said like trash piles in the middle of the road. What are some things people take advantage of here that like they, – they, or they take for granted here that in Iraq is just ridiculous uh, that you experienced? Yeah. <laughs> um. It's gonna it's gonna be kind of funny. It's probably the health codes. Really? <laughs> okay. So all right. Um, so you know you have like a butcher your butcher shop. Yeah. It's nice clean things like that. They have pop up butcher shops. So you we'll be driving down the road and you see like a little makeshift like shack. You know it's a butcher shop. Uh, so when the morning comes, it's usually the guys drive up in a in a pickup truck one time we saw a guy drive up in the lincoln and he pulled out 12 sheep out of the trunk wow set up a pen and then people come up and they said i want that one so they gut the goat right there the goat bleeds out into the street they cut the head off heads sitting on the curb intestines are all piled out there and then the skin is hanging up right there and you've got thousands and thousands of flies and Ugh. the smell the smell is just ferocious yeah. of the Ugh. head and intestines baking in the sun <laughs> how were how were the iraqi people while you were there it depends on where we we're at um a lot of times we'd see a lot of people that we would see every day okay. most of the times we'd see kids the same kids every day they want candy so we throw out candy to them um, we always had an interpreter with us, so just in case we actually needed to talk to someone, uh, yeah. they give us information. Um, there was some good terms, but a lot of the times it was more um, a, uh, stay out of this area or um, 
well, we don't, we don't want you to do anything around here. Uh, on top of us, the Iraqi people had their own civil war. So it's the Sunni and the Shiites and you'd find, yeah. made, you'd find little in, uh, encounters between them uh, happening. So a lot of times we might find a dead person on the side of the road because Ugh. there was an encounter going on and yeah. we can't, we can't do anything about it. All we could do is call it in and say, Hey, there's someone here because it's very frowned upon for a non-Muslim to touch a dead Muslim. It's, it's considered desecrating the body. So, right. I mean, we would have to leave them there. And sometimes the body will be left there for maybe a couple of days because the people don't want to pick them up because if they do, they might get shot. So I mean, it's another wow. way of desecrating the body. Yeah. Well, I think one time Holy we saw God. we saw one guy. He was there for about a week, and it was just uh, not really a good sight to see with a guy baking in the sun for about a yeah. week. Yeah. Deborah Johnson has got to order this book. I'll tell you what. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, tough. Including like trash piles, we would find um, IEDs and vehicles, um, dead dogs. Sometimes under people, dead people that were lying on the side of the road. Holy crap. So, I mean, the ingenuity and the creativity behind some of these things were just mind-blowing some of the times. And a lot of times we would get fooled um, yeah. because it would be something new that we would just and, be finding out. And it would be, was it the, so is it the, who would be setting these IUDs up? Is it the Iraq? Did I say say that IUD? I, 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 I would say the IUD. I don't even know what that is. I, that shows you how much we know about freaking military IUD, stuff. Yeah. IUD. Um, so, Eric, like, who would be setting this up? Is this the uh, Iraqi government? Is this Saddam Hussein? You know, what? what, what who's setting these up? Um, <laughs> that's the, the thing about. That's the, the people. Of, that's the right? thing about this war. The enemy yeah. doesn't have a uniform, right? So yeah, you don't the, know who these people are. Yeah, it's not like the freaking uh, you know the red coats and the everything else like you have in the all the other histories of the war. I mean, you're 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 blend. These people are blending in, right? Well, that's what happened when the invasion started. When we first went in, after a couple of weeks, they the the Iraqi army said, "Screw it." They took the U.S. soldiers found uniforms lying laying on the ground, thousands mm -hmm. of uniforms, because they just gave up and they decided that this isn't something that this is a fight we can't win. So then it becomes guerrilla tactics, and that's what their best uh, best of, um, offenses is camouflage, not having something that says who they are. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, and then they can just blend in and say they're the butcher shop on the corner or whatever they want to be. Parents, parents, or fathers of the kids that are running around asking for candy and just blend in and then yeah. set wow. an ID when they're not, you know, I, when you're not around. How, how long were you there for? Uh, my first deployment, I was there for 15 months. We ended up getting extended three times. We were only supposed to be there for nine months, but we kept saying, no, you got to stay a couple, couple more weeks. And no, a couple more weeks. Oh, no, you're going to stay here for another three months. Th this was a big thing happened at the time. Uh, they were actually extending units in Iraq. Um, there was an Alaskan unit that did 12 months. They ended up going back to Alaska, and they had, um, I believe it was like a general at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the um, staircase to the airplane when they came back. They says you have to get back on the plane. You gotta go back to Iraq, and they stayed there for three more months. Get the heck out of here! Yeah. And that was a big thing because during those three months, they lost a few more soldiers too. So it was another uh, hot topic at the time. <laughs> where's wow. during this whole thing? Where's your head at and where's the morale of everyone's head at as a soldier over there? Like, is it, I just want to go home or is it, you know, we don't know, even know who we're fighting. Like what was, where was your head at? What were you thinking? Um, when we, when we lost guys, we were kind of defeated, but we knew that we had to, we had to get it together. We had to know that it was just us. We had to be for, there for each other. Mm. Um, a lot of other times it's just, or is it really worth it? But as things were happening, we realized that our job was really important. Um, we uh, we ended up having a infantry unit 
uh, come to our headquarters saying, hey, we found a small cache and we found a lot of videos of your unit. So we were being videotaped on all our procedures, oh, what we were doing. Shit. And that just gave us a little bit more, yeah, we are we're doing something right. We're doing something that's making an impact where people are actually taking notice for us. So that gave us a lot more inspiration and uh, more confident to know that we were doing our job right. Mm. I, I mean, so they were taken. Oh, I was just say two eyes. You got to remember the timing of this, right? So yeah. 2001, how old were you? This was uh, 2006, 2007. Oh, I was a, right. How old was I? I was 20. 1920. 20, okay, so 1920. I'm saying to Isaac. Isaac's young. Isaac oh, young. I was, I was what, seventh or eighth grade? Six or yeah, seventh grade? Yeah, so, so 2001 for us. You know, I'm 42. So, man, I was, uh, yeah. when those airplanes hit that freaking building, you know what yeah. I mean? It was yeah. a big freaking deal. Oh, I and remember. That, and yeah, and that went, I mean, that went all the way to 2004, five, six. I mean, yeah. we're, I mean, we're still talking about it, you know, 20 yeah. years later. It, it's a big deal, you know, to our yeah. history and you know, that, that's it. I, I mean, that yeah. is it. So, I remember wow. being in first grade when those buildings fell, and even being a first grader, the patriotism after. Oh, 100%. was like everybody was hanging flags on their front porch. Everybody was American. We came together. And, and going into it, going into the mm -hmm. war in Iraq, I'm sure it was like the boys were ready to go out there and kick some ass. But I'm, yeah. So. I, I mean. Okay. Uh, I, I was a yeah, I was a sophomore in high school, and where yeah, I remember that I was in computer class or watching yep. TV, and but then yeah, but you're saying the patriotism. I mean, I, I'm in Chicago, so it's a little bit more liberal. So yeah. a lot of the things that were going on here were um, uh, high school kids were outside protesting, saying, "Oh, we we didn't choose to." go to this war saying for the yeah. troops but i mean like well that's kind of what you signed up for really yeah. so it's like, what, what do you what do you think and again this is a long time i know it hasn't been talked about too much since then is there a tie between going into i because i again this dude my memory's fuzzy because i lord knows i've had kids and everything else since then so i'm <laughs> i'm i'm uh, my memory's going there was there was a thing where it was wasn't it about like going into Iraq for weapons of mass destruction or something like that, and then why are we in Iraq? I, I mean, what 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 is what, what was that? I I forget. Do you remember that, Isaac? I do totally. Yeah, but yeah. I was was found for the we're going in there for the oil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always tell people this. This is really funny that when people tell me the whole oil thing, yeah, I'm like. I'm like, I, we went out on mission every day. So we would fill up our gas tank before we went out and fill up our gas tank when we came back. We're burning through so much gas right now just doing our right. missions. What oil are we saving? <laughs> I mean, yeah, right, right. So the whole oil thing was kind of just it just went over my head. I just really didn't pay attention to it. Uh, yeah, well, isn't, I, it like, isn't it like we're getting all of oil for the Middle East, so we need to keep our connection and our power there so that we yeah. can then take it and get it back to our country? Yeah, I think, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're using the gas there, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that's true. We're using it back home. So yeah. Say, all right. and, then, and then if I remember correctly, it was something with uh, – well, there were ties to Iraq to Afghanistan also where the actual terrorists were, correct? Yeah, and then – they were hiding in Pakistan. And, yeah, they were. Yeah. So. Wow, that seems like forever ago, but I guess I guess I, I guess it wasn't that long ago, was it? Fifteen huh. years ago. Yeah. But you're um, saying so. So post post nine eleven, you're saying like Chicago was saying that we didn't choose to go fight in like even after they like knocked down buildings. A lot of the high because and where I was living, there was a lot of high schools. So yeah. a lot of the high school kids were like getting really worried that a draft might come. Uh, so uh, right. they were they were shitting their pants and yeah. yeah. So it was well, and then they were talking about people that are already in. I'm like, well, that's kind of why you joined, isn't it? Just you knew the risk of that happening. I mean, I joined. I knew the risk of it happening. So yeah. it's just uh, it's some some of the mindset really wasn't clicking. When did you get out of Iraq then? I got out in 07. 
um, ended up going back to Germany. Um, af- usually after deployments, guys only are in a certain area for a number of years. So a lot of guys were either getting out of the military or going to a different duty station. So some of them were going back to the States. Some went back to Korea. Um, I was going to be, I caught wind that I was going to be going to Fort Hood and I didn't want to go to Fort Hood. So I decided to reenlist and stay in Germany because I, I knew people at Fort Hood and a lot of people said, don't go there. They're just going to screw you, screw you over even more. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to go. And this was before all like the shootings happened at Fort Hood. Yeah, Fort Hood, right? All yeah, that other stuff. So I'm like, I'm glad I didn't. I'm going to Fort. Wow, Hood. you could have so, ended up being on the news. Yeah, so I stayed in Germany, and there really wasn't anybody there, and we weren't sure if we were going to go on another deployment. Um, but then, like all of a sudden, they said, "No, we need we need the engineers back there." So a lot of fresh troops coming out of basic training we're starting to come to germany so we knew that we were getting ready and i think okay. it was it was like a year later we ended up going back to iraq so that was in 09 or no i'm sorry 08 to wow. 09 i went back to iraq and then how long were you there for the second time i was there for about a year it wasn't as dangerous as my first deployment right. um we only found a few ieds but we were on a smaller base. So when you're on a smaller base, the more dangers are mortar rounds coming into your base. So a lot of the times we had to, um, we would hear the alarm every, every other day, the mortars coming in. So we got to run out, get into the bunkers. And, Good uh, Lord. How's So, so that works like you're, you're in a certain part of the base and you're sleeping. And then you hear alarms go off, and those alarms are triggered when what they hear mortar fire coming in from a distance. Yeah, it's a defense system that detects anything that's coming toward the base. Sometimes it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, so, I'm gonna say. So, 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 so you'll hear like incoming, incoming. But then <laughs> I, I, I tell we were we were on the best on the basketball court, and uh, it was maybe about. What, like 15 of us were just playing basketball in the middle of the night and you hear the whistling. So like you hear the whistling right away and you're like, Oh shit. And yeah, the mortar, the mortar hit maybe about 40 feet away from us. So then we realized, yeah. Oh crap, we got to get in the bunker. So we ran in the bunker. What in so sometimes the, the defense system doesn't work. <laughs> so oh my God. it's hit or so- miss. So what the bunker, like, is it, is it just a built like underground or just you just run underground or what is it? It's basically a huge concrete, concrete block and okay. then it's surrounded by sandbags, but the inside of them are just like muddy and everything. And you never know what's living in them. So you might come across huge rats or, uh, some kind of insect or some sort of <sighs> like the big thing were scorpions and, uh, camel spiders. Hey. Awesome. Camel spiders. Camel spiders, Isaac. Yeah. So not only are you getting freaking stuff shot at you, like mortars and exploding around you, you're diving in, and then you have a camel spider or a scorpion. The thing is, yeah. that is I think I'd nuts. rather get I'd rather get bit by the spider or the scorpion camel spider. and get blown apart. So it's probably worth it to just the camel spider's wow. not the camel spider's not a good thing. Um they they're called camel spiders because their bite could take out a camel. Oh great! Never mind. Hold on, yeah. I gotta look. I gotta look. Go ahead, keep talking. Would so, you rather? Yeah. Would you rather get blown up by a mortar or uh, bit by a camel spider? I'd rather get shot by a mortar. Because <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of the times, you, the camel spiders they don't like the heat. So sometimes in the middle of the night, you'll be walking all alone, and then you hear like a rustling, and you're like, "Oh crap! What the hell is following me?" <laughs> Is that, that's a cam, that's a camel spider right yeah. there. Look at that thing. Look so, at that thing, Isaac. So a lot of guys, they would um, like if they were living in tents, uh, <laughs> it would be it get cold in the middle of the night. So you would want to get warmth. Some guys would actually wake up with these camel spiders just sleeping on their chest. Dude, so, <laughs> you imagine? Look at that thing. Did you did you know anybody that got freaking bit by one? Uh, not personally, not a camel spider, um, but. The thing was is that if you took your – so when you take your boots off, you're supposed to put your sock in them and line it out 
So just in case if something crawls in your boot, it's in the sock and you could pull the sock out. Yeah, that makes so, sense. I've um, heard that before. I've, I've found camel spiders sitting on the stoop of my porch out of my trailer sometimes. Yeah. So it's like uh, you have to watch where you step. Dude. Look Dude, at that freaking spider. Thing. I would step on that thing as soon as I saw it. I mean, look at that thing. So some of them could get the size of your fist, just the body. <laughs> No way. Here you go, Isaac. Camel spiders. I just took it, punt it across. I mean, I would, I would pull my handgun out. I would pull my gun out and start shooting at it. I mean, that is crazy. So you're worried about mortars, bombs. You're worried about all this stuff. And whoa, oh, right, there you go. Sorry, no, you're good. You're good. Um, man, that is crazy. Yeah, like, okay, here we go. Uh, how do you feel? Oh, this is a great question from Deborah. How do you feel about the withdrawal from Afghanistan that just happened here? They're starting to withdraw. <laughs> Be honest. No one's going to know. Don't worry about yeah. it. So, uh, okay, this is how this story will tell you how I feel. So if everybody remembers, Obama said he was pulling the troops out, and they showed the video of the last troops waving mm-hmm. across the bridge. There were still troops in Iraq. Yeah. And I had buddies that were still there, and they were watching the same broadcast, and they were saying, oh, these are the last troops that are out of Iraq. And they're like, what the fuck? I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm, right. still, I'm still here for another eight months. <laughs> so we're not wow. pulling out of Iraq, is what, or we're not pulling out of Afghanistan, we, is what you're there's, saying. There is so much equipment there that it would take years for them to get all that stuff out. I mean, we've been there for geez, almost 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. at, all that equipment to get out, it's going to take years for it to get everything all, out. All, pol- all politics, hi, Eric. Yeah. All politics. All pony show. Smoking pony show, Isaac. Smoking yeah. pony. Makes sense. Um, Deborah Johnson says, oh, yeah, spiders. Mike Frimson says, I would ra- rather deal with the Taliban than, than that spider. Right. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Um, and then, all right, so so, so – so you come. So when did you finally? Are you still in the military now? Are you? Are you out? No, I've been out for the last eleven years. Eleven um, years. What are you doing now? I, when I got out, I went back to school. I got my degree, military for it. So I'm um, using my degree and working uh, as a property manager now. It's a completely awesome. different, completely different thing what I used to do. So it's a, uh, it's a little change of pace but yeah the the business world is a even crazier type of thing <laughs> it's like I, i'm like i'm going around so I'm like i don't i'm surprised people don't get shot in this business <laughs> oh, oh they, property management yeah. they probably do so it's like yeah wow um yeah and- we're in we're in mortgage but um my co-worker and uh luke's loan officer assistant he was a property manager before he came to this and he said it was it was crazy but yeah, I mean, working on now it's like working on a deal for maybe three or four months, and then everyone says, "Ah, oh, we're, nah, we're not going to do the deal." I'm like, "Really? You just you just spent all this money on this bull crap, and mm. just could have drop it like time. a hat. So really much time. time, so yeah, much time. So I never get back." Never uh, <laughs> yeah. says, says they left tons of stuff mm-hmm. in Vietnam. Just so, left it yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It'll be. It, it's it's gonna be interesting. I so so so. Here's my question, Eric. And uh, you know we're at, we're at forty minutes here. I don't want to keep you all night. Um, what's uh, my question? I like to ask people. Would you do it again? In a heartbeat. Would you? Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat, he would do it again. Um, why is that? Uh, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I try to think back. If I didn't choose to join. I have no idea where I would be. Um, yeah. And I really don't want to know where I would be. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I'd rather be where I am now than think about where I would be. Yeah. See, and you hear that. I hear that a lot from people in the military where they're like, you know, they were going off on a path and then they joined the military. It sets them straight. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and there you go. So that that is a good story. Do you um, think, to, do you think it helped with like organization of your life and like, um, I don't know, clean you up and, and I, I don't, yeah, organization, I guess, planning. Yeah, I, I was, I played basketball through high school, so I was kind of used to the organized team atmosphere. 
usually yeah. usually used to someone yelling in my face. So yeah. the basic training part of it for me was it was a little rough because I was severely overweight. So I'm I'm a tall mm. guy. I'm I'm six yeah. three, and um, at the time I was how much was it? I was like two two seventy, and compared yeah. to military standards, being nineteen. I was actually a hundred pounds overweight. Wow. So I got a lot of the heat from a lot of the drill sergeants being the bigger guy, but I ended yeah. up losing almost like rough about 60 pounds in those 12 week or those 16 weeks. Jeez. So, I mean, I, 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 lot, but, but then I was still considered overweight and yeah. I was, it was almost to a point where I was kind of like starving myself because I'm like, I, I can't get any smaller. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they, I needed to be 180 pounds, and I think the closest I got was 200. So it's like, this is like, there's no way. I mean, even even my guys, yeah. even my guys were telling me like, you got to eat because you're, you're really you can tell skeleton. It's hard to say, but you can tell you're a big guy. You got a big frame. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's like me, dude. If I was, I'm six two and a half, six two. Isaac, I say six three, and Isaac gets mad at me. Um, <laughs> but. Um, if I was 180, could you imagine what I'd look like, Isaac? Like, there's oh, no dude, way. you look sickly. Like, I look so we yeah, have such no big way. frames. There's I no way. I during COVID, I ran and ate relatively healthy. I can get down to like 196, and I'm like six three, almost six four. I can get down to like 196, but I cannot go lower than that without absolutely starving myself. And then it's like unhealthy. So what's the point? And yeah. and that's and that's like skin and bones for me. If I if I pick up a weight and start lifting, I'll put on like 10 pounds, like like nothing at that. Yeah, point. that's so, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So well, six yeah. three, 180. That was that was at 19, and. When I got to 21, they said, "Oh, your your minimum weight is 205." I was barely trying to get that 205. I was desperately yeah. trying to do it, and I'm like, I was like, starve, yeah, starve myself for almost a month, just wow. to, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm in Iraq too, so it's kind of like being at the gym. And I'm like, well, I could just sweat outside, but still, it was still hard to get down to that. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, I believe it. Well, look at Deb, Deborah. Uh, oh wait. Well, first off, Mike Firmstone says I uh, missed the beginning of this video with Branch Military. He was in the Army, Mr. Firmstone. Uh, and Deborah Johnson says you would do it again because you're an American hero. There you go, from Deborah, Eric. So um, I agree with that. I, I like Isaac. I don't think I could do that. Like, yeah, I don't have the stones to do it, man. I, I, really I don't, don't have the stones to do it either. I just, yeah. I, it's amazing to me when we talk to these, you know, military guys like yourself, Eric. It's like you, you're putting yourself in harm's way which like goes in my head it's like goes against everything programmed you know what i mean isaac it's yeah. in eric it's like it's just not in my head to do that and i guess it's like this fight is or what flight the, the fight or flight right and yeah. like it's like hey you're gonna go look for the bombs no i'm not i'm gonna go hide in the bunker with the yeah. spiders you know what i mean like that's uh, yeah crazy i mean we i mean it was just a job to us but we knew we were took a little craziness to do it. I mean, we, we had a few um, VIPs come out to us. Uh, we had NPR come out, do a couple stories on us. Yeah. And um, just hearing it, like, like, yeah, these guys need to be a little bit crazy to do the job. But at the same time, it was just the job. It mm -hmm. wasn't until I got out of the military and I was actually telling people what I did and I was just getting, like, the jaw drops and then it got finally hit me to where I was kind of like, oh, maybe it, it was a little bit nuts. But then at the same time, that's I became closed off. Yeah. I didn't talk about it. I only gave little small details of what I did. And that was part of my struggle for the last uh, 10 years was that I kept a lot of it to myself. Um, I wasn't really ready to talk about it uh, when I was finally able to. I was feeling sick to my stomach, just given the yeah. details. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having my final breakdown in my kitchen in 2009. All the emotions came out, and that's when I decided to write the book. And, yeah. I, told, and I told myself, um, well, first I just like just started writing, and I felt better. And I was just, wow, this is actually making me feel better. And just kept writing and writing. And then at that point, I told myself, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to leave anything out. I'm not going to leave any emotions out that I felt during this time or that time. 
everything's mm. going to be on the on the paper and once everything was on the paper i felt at peace i didn't i didn't carry that burden anymore a lot of the mental aspect i was free of because it was all on paper i didn't have to carry it anymore and it was a little bit shocking afterwards when my family started reading that they didn't realize what i went through or what i was going through and I'm, now now they're kind of like uh trying to console me now but you're like i'm like no i'm i'm fine now I'm yeah yeah you got it all out there you so, got it in the book you wow. did what you do. that would be so hard to you know to see the things you saw to witness the thing losing friends losing people i i mean that is yeah i i mean i could see keeping that contained like that and not able to share it and you know it's like oh my gosh i i, I mean that's yeah, Eric. I mean, that is something. So yeah, yeah and you were, you were asking me if I've if I've ever done this, done these things before. I'm like, yeah. Now now that I've I've done it, I realize that there's a, a kind of a little bit of a bigger purpose because I get a lot of people come up to me saying, "Hey, I have a soldier. I'm not quite sure what to do." Um, yeah. And they they hear my thing, and I'm like, well, it, it gives them a little bit of a help or an angle to talk with them. And I try to tell people to tell your story. It feels a hell of a lot better. I didn't oh. think of that. I, I mean, I grew up with the aspect of you being a, you're, you're a man, you have to keep your emotions inside. Of yeah. You. So that stigma was a really big thing when I was growing up and I realized yeah. I, I, I can't do that anymore. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, just, just to think about not being, you know, not being able to talk about it, not, and, and you know, with, with, military guys now and them seeing you out here they're gonna you know what i mean who knows you might get somebody else to write a book you know what i mean yeah. to make them feel better and and, and see if, if they're hurting inside seek help you know what i mean that kind of stuff. yeah what would you say to someone like that eric who's coming out of it and doesn't really know where to turn where could they start should they start by picking up a pen and paper and writing about it or should they go talk to somebody what should they do what would you, what would you um that? it took it took me a while to find my thing um I started uh, taking up fish keeping, so I kept marine fish. I yeah. started building my own tanks. I mean, the, you see this red right here? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a pond here, and it's a 500-600-gallon pond that I built myself out of. Nice. In your, in your house? Yeah, in my basement. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. So I, 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 kept, I kept sharks and stingrays in here. Wow, that, 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 that was my hobby, and it 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 was stressful, but it kept my mind off of things. But then, mm -hmm. when I had my breakdown and started writing my book, the the fish keeping didn't do it for me anymore. It became more of a job. I didn't need yeah. it anymore, so I I didn't have to hold on to that anymore. But mm. um, one day I might get back into it. But right now, it's it's something that um, that got me to through this journey. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, look, if you got a new fan, Eric, Deborah Johnson says, are you book signing anywhere soon? Uh, a lot of people ask me that. It's, it's, uh, I'm busy enough with my, my own life that book signings are doing a tour. My family <laughs> you know, tells me to do it. But, I mean, like, I have a lot of – I have friends all over the country. So, yeah. I mean, they, they picked it up, and they always ask me to go around the country so I could sign theirs. But – no, I haven't thought of anything like that. I mean, Here's even, even recently, I just got told maybe you should start a podcast. I'm like, ah, that's that, that's getting way ahead of me, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, Here's a good question from Mike. Mike says, what's the most honest or realistic war movie you've seen that compares to what you've seen? Ooh. There are – the first one is um, – Jarhead. I knew he was going to say Jarhead. That's the one where he doesn't wear the yeah. gloves and he goes with the big bomb. No, that's, no. Uh, oh, that's not it. Don't don't say that movie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so Jarhead. I, I, I'll get Which to that movie. Um, Jarhead is with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jar. Yes, that's Jarhead a really does, good movie. Does a great um, depiction of the psychological um, aspect of what soldiers go through. That is really good one. Just the mind frame of how soldiers are in. Another one which is really good is American Sniper. The only reason why I say mm -hmm. that is because of the details that they put into the in, into the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, if you guys seen that movie or not? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a scene where uh, Chris Kyle comes into the comes into like the trailer where all the guys are 
sleeping. So he comes through the door. If you no- notice the scene on that door, there's a string that goes atop, across the door and down, and it's attached to a water bottle. What this is designed to do is that when you open the door, it's a counterweight to keep the door closed. Hmm. So just the little details, that's, yeah. how, that's how we did it. The, all the all the doors that were like to the main buildings would be like that. So really? just like the little tiny details were really good in that movie. Um, the one you're talking about, Hurt Locker. That I, one, yeah. I think I watched that movie for 15 minutes and turned it off because really? I wor- I worked with those guys and the things they did in that movie. There would have been a lot of people fired or in very big <laughs> trouble for that. And, really? Yeah. What so, what what do you mean? What was what about it was wrong? Just, just the, I mean, I mean, if you, if you go on some of these YouTube channels, um, that are vets, they, they yeah. comment about that movie. Really? They, they just tear it apart. Tear it apart. <laughs> They're like, there's no way this guy would do that. That's not protocol that that guy would get demoted or this really? and that. It's just yeah. at, at 15 minutes. I, I couldn't take it anymore because I, I worked with no those kidding. guys and those guys were, I mean, I mean, they had the stones to deal with explosives and that, but yeah. they, they were, they were more scared of, uh, of IEDs than we were. Uh, I'll tell wow. you another story. So my second deployment, they actually, the EOD guys had their own little base and their own little compound that they would never leave and no one was ever allowed to leave in there because supposedly an EOD guy had a bounty on their head for maybe a hundred grand from the <laughs> insurgents. So wow. we, we went out mission one day and we found a motor round, but it was, it was just a shell. There was no round in it. You know, we just picked it off the road because we didn't want someone to get spooked. Hey, this is that. So, but the thing is, is that we have to give these things to the EOD guys. So we just, we got out of the vehicle, picked it up, put it in the vehicle. When we came back from mission, we knocked on their door and says, hey, we found this empty motor around. We're just dropping it off. They started flipping out. They're like, uh, what the f-? They're like, what the fuck are you doing bringing this round to our door? I'm like, there's nothing in it. It's just a shell. So yeah. they, they, they closed the door and we're like, what the hell? Like five minutes later, a guy came out in a bomb suit and took it from our guy who's just here. So it's kind of like, they're, they're, I don't know, the more the guys were on edge or something like that. But I mean, yeah, I think uh, some some of those guys had a lot of stones. We came across a, a Navy EOD guy that we thought was an IED. He actually just got out of the car or out of his vehicle and he kicked it. It was a rock what? that looked like an IED. He just kicked it and he's like, oh, he's like, all clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, no, that guy, no, that guy's got some stones. That guy's got. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, let me. Uh, let's. let's but those were so. Those were the guys that you were calling, though. They came in, yeah. and removed it. Yeah. So you worked closely with them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it got it got to a point where we actually were telling them to come out on mission with us because we were going to find something. And yeah. They, they were against it. And they're like, "No, we don't want to go out with you." Like, well, would you rather call us? And you take an, an hour, two hours to come out to us, and then you got an hour, two hour ride back, or you just come with us and deal with it, and we're on our way. So we had to go really high up in the chain of command to actually get them on mission with us every day. Hmm. Wow. And that was because they were just nervous someone was going to try and take them out because they were so important, basically? Most of the time, yeah. Huh. I mean, you're, they're, they're the ones that are clearing the bombs Yeah. these dudes are taking the time to set up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I would think so. Wow. Did you see any like change in technology over the years when you were out there, or have you talked to anyone who's out? Uh, are there people still doing stuff like this today? And is there better technology now than when you were in there that you're they're using to either pick up these bombs or check for these bombs or anything like that? Um, a lot of the technology is um, so a lot of the IEDs are by cell phones, so there's a mm. lot of technology that would be like kind of like jammers. Mm-hmm. So that technology kept evolving during the deployments. Um, the vehicles changed. Um, the armor on the sides of the vehicles changed. Um, that's one of the main things we saw. Also technology for weaponry. Since I was one of the bigger guys, I would be the gunners on some of these convoys. So we would actually have um, these things called uh, crows. 
and it was actually a 50 cal or a 240 that was on this robot that was on top of the vehicle and there would be a guy inside the vehicle with a giant like controller that would control the weapon and fire it wow so i mean the yeah, the technology keeps changing cool sure wow um all right well let's uh let's let's see here we'll go through this one more time so if you're interested in buying the book uh it's on amazon uh it is a bomb hunter story my life clearing the roads of iraq from eric herrera uh, what military veteran and uh yeah we, we you know we really appreciate you coming on the show eric mm-hmm. um uh, and again i mean thank you for your service like like i absolutely we, man yeah that is absolutely amazing story. Uh, again, you can buy the book on Amazon. Uh, Eric, we, we appreciate it, man. No, really do. Uh, yeah. just, just saying that uh, the whole book isn't dark and gloomy. There's fun bar stories and other things like that. So. <laughs> well, dark and, dark M- and gloomy. <laughs> Mike, Mike asked before you go, you go. Uh, how was the Iraqi beer? Was there Iraqi beer? <laughs> uh, not beer. It was more... I don't know what the drink was. There, there, uh, there's a section in there where a couple of me and a couple of guys got invited um, to a lunch with the the head general of the Iraqi army, and we ate with his officers. Uh, the, the, I explained the whole experience of eating with them, and might grow some people out. I know I got sick afterwards. <laughs> oh. he, he got, got disconnected. No, his internet got disconnected. I, I really didn't. No, no, absolutely not. I was about to say, dude, I'm not kicking. I'm not no, kicking. I didn't today. Do that either. Holy crap. No, no, it was his internet. It was tweaking out. What is then, that? Oh, we lost yeah. there. Maybe we'll come back. Uh, well, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Holy crap. Dude, I could never do that in a million years. Like, if there was yeah. a draft or something like that, I would be in Canada. I would be a total draft dodger. I would be. There he is. He's coming back. We lost him. Did he come back then? Or what, He's really? trying, but I don't think he hooked in his thing. Sounds like his internet got like disconnected. Did you see there's, how he was like glitching? Yeah, there's and, storms all over too. Um, yeah, you'd well, be hiding in Canada, huh? Oh, dude, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Uh, Mom and Dad, you know, I told you they wanted me to go to freaking. Uh, I was getting recruited by West Point. And there was no flipping way I was going to go to West Point. They're like, we have met with a general, and they're like, "Hey, you're going to come to West Point, and you're going to get up at six. Like we had like a present, like they had like a presentation. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there is no flipping way I'm going to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind the structure of it. Um, the structure of it, people trying to kill you. Yeah, that would suck. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like if I went through the training and like I could get through the training and everything, and like I don't know, I feel like they, oh, dude, I I would be psychologically like when you get back, I would be messed up. Like I know myself, and I know if I went through something like that, I would be messed. Dead up. bodies on the side of the road. Yeah, things exploding. Yeah, yeah. or mean, like I'm the type of person where like you get to know oh. somebody and then like. Yeah, they're, they're dead. War and they freaking die right next to you. Like there I he is. Not do well with that. Shit. We lost Jared. But, yeah, the whole thing. My whole thing went to Fritz. That's okay. Well, it's anyways, right. I mean, we were wrapping it up. Um, Eric, we appreciate you coming on. Now, nobody kick you off now. What we do, back on. What we do at the end of our podcast is, um, is we like they don't even know it, but we kick the, our guests. We kick our guests off. So. You you have an internet malfunction. You shut down, and Luke looks at me like, "Did you just kick the the? Did you just kick Eric off the military <laughs> guy off? You just kicked our war no. veteran off the no, I, show." So no, I didn't <laughs> kick you off. It was your well, well, Eric, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck to you. Good luck on the book. You know, sell sell book. I, I hope I hope they go through the roof. And uh, yeah, man, good good luck to you. And I hope yeah. you, I hope you work on that uh, goldfish tank again, or that giant lake in your in your basement again. Uh, I, I got ideas for that, so I'm <laughs> nuts. people think I'm nuts doing that too. So they're, they're, that's they're, cool, man. They're kind of nuts that I had sharks and rays, but I mean, yeah. hey, that's what I like. So yeah, good, absolutely, man. dude. Well, and well, Eric, um, you... let us know if you're ever in the Youngstown area, or Cleveland area, or Pittsburgh yeah. area, even. 
uh, for book signings one day when, you, when your sales you go through the roof. No, yeah. I'll definitely let you guys know. We okay, appreciate man. it, man. Hey, take care. Hey, you guys have a good one. All right, bye. Yeah. Okay, I kicked about that. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, you guys are Poland's hero bringing the breakfast truck. Dude, I mean, like nothing uh, compared to anybody in the military. Like, no, no, the, the no, it's not even gross. The sacrifices no. those people make, man, it's, it's, oh. and, and wow. like then you, the, the shit they deal with over there and then what they bring home with them. Oh, I read, yeah, in high school, my, our, Mrs. Molnar actually made us read a bunch of books about Vietnam and, and even like today's, you know, more Could recent stuff. It's just the shit you bring back, man. It is, it is something. Um, all right. So we have a change of plans for Thursday. Change of plans. What are we doing? What are we doing? Mayor Cat, Mayor Cat, and I can't find her name. Megan Pingley. So Mayor Cat from Struthers and Megan mm -hmm. Pingley, mm -hmm. uh, one of the uh, Struthers city councilmen. Okay. Men, councilmen, woman, councilwoman? Councilwoman, yes. Councilwoman, councilwoman. Uh, is yes. coming on the show. To don't talk. be sexist, Luke. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to say there. Uh, are coming on the show to talk about a charity event they have coming up next week. It is uh, – do you ever hear about this charity event where they build beds for kids that don't have beds? I've heard of it before, yeah. And then Struthers is having a – garage sale for clothes for kids and okay. you have to pay 50 bucks to go there and then that 50 dollars to register goes to the other charity it's like charity charity yeah. charity stuff cool so, no that's mayor cat and uh megan asked to come on our show and i'm like that sounds right up mayor cat's alley did, oh, I, did I tell you I, I might have told you but i gotta tell the people watching the six people still watching um i go to saint a's bistro the other night and i call jimmy our boy over there. And I'm like, Jimmy, I need two pizzas. I'm going to come get them in a set. I'm going to come get them in a little bit. He's like, okay, I just got a bunch of orders in. So like, give me like a half hour. I'm like, all right. So I show up like 15 minutes early sitting there having a beer with Jimmy. And he's like, yeah, mayor cat. She ordered like eight pizzas right before you. I'm like, son of a God, of course it would be mayor. <laughs> it would be mayor cat. So she walks in and I'm like, you ordered eight pizzas right before me, Mayor Cat. Thanks a lot. And she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I ordered pizza and you ordered eight pizzas right before me. So I'm sitting here waiting on my one pizza. Well, well, well Jimmy makes his eight well, pizzas. Well, Jimmy makes your eight pizzas, Mayor Cat. She had a pizza hey, party. Did she? Pizzas mm -hmm. are so good. I love St. Dude, I had St. A's pulled pork pizza. It's like oh. he has pulled pork underneath the cheese, no, like, I don't know if it's a white sauce or like a garlic sauce, and then a, a chet, like a couple different kinds of cheeses, including like a cheddar and then barbecue drizzle on top. Ooh. Holy crap, it is so good! Yeah, he, he, Jimmy continues to knock it out of the park. I mean, he does, he does his pizzas are going places. I'm telling you, just remember, and, just remember, we were there when it started, Isaac. Man, you and I were there, so good. We doing a taste test when it's so freaking good. Uh, so we have a food truck coming uh, August second, third, yes, August no second, second, Thursday, Thursday, August Tuesday, second. August second from eight a.m. to eleven a.m. O Donuts, our friends, uh, coming and doing it in the village and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right at our new office, and it's gonna be good breakfast sandwiches, right coffee. Where you're at right now, and we should mm -hmm. have our studio is getting set up. I was you saw yeah. that playing with the microphones, dude. It's the audio quality sounds amazing. We got our new table that we're gonna get set up. New table. We're gonna cameras. Sick. We gotta decorate it. I'm thinking some lights or yeah. something. I don't know. I'm so we'll be able to we'll be able to have guests in there. We can like we can start asking guests. guests if they want to have it there or if they want to have it. You know, from wherever. Yeah, yeah it's really sweet. Yeah, we can keep we can keep this option too, where we go from home every now. And yeah, then. whatever they want to do, whatever they feel more comfortable with. So yeah, I, I'm good. It's just it's just so good, mm -hmm. and I'm so excited. And I don't know. That's it. So uh, all right, uh, and then next week, remember I'm gone. So you're Are we taking the vacation, show. or am I just going by myself? Because last year we took a vacation. Well, I have somebody on Tuesday. You want to take Thursday off? <laughs> Who do we have on Tuesday? Who do you have? Melina Michelle from the Edendale Foundation, a charity event. Why do you do this to me? 
Why do you? I didn't even think about it when I scheduled it. Why do you do this to me? I didn't even think about it. You bring on you bring on guests like I'm fine with doing it, but you bring on guests that I've never talked to in my entire life, or they're like people that know you, and then they come on. I don't know like, who that is. And they like, and we just stare at each other blankly for like an hour, and then we end the podcast. I don't know, baby. I don't know. I do. I just schedule. I don't even think about it. I schedule Tuesdays and Thursdays at eight thirty. That's what we What's, do. I don't have anybody on next Thursday. I gotta do my research on the Eden Foundation. Hold on, I'll do it right now. Let's look at it. Oh no, it's good. I'll figure it out. It's the Edenville. I, I can give you the contact if you want to call it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, might as well. Like you do any me. research anyways. Did you even pick this guy's book up? No. No, because I didn't know about it until like yesterday. <laughs> and if he would have given us books, you would have given it to me this morning and said, hey, yeah, read this before today in two hours. When we have <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe you should put a little bit more time in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's my fault. Uh-huh. Why don't uh, you grab Okiel? Why don't you and Okiel? I'll have this team. Why don't you and Okiel go live uh, with the Edenfield Foundation? We could do that. We should we should try and get the studio up and running this week so then Okiel and I can run the studio next week. And just oh, do I really video. don't. I don't want you guys really doing that yet. It's gonna be, it's because I don't have enough time to test it, and you're gonna do it, and it's gonna like all fall apart. It's gonna no, I'll just do it. We'll be great. We'll be great. We'll just we'll mess with it. We'll rig it up. We'll make it work. Well, the we'll table comes on. The table comes on Thursday, so I and don't think week? I'm gonna have time. Yes, I might be able to do it Friday during the day. We'll maybe. be we'll be we'll hook it up. Like don't even worry about it. Did you see all the wires I have out there right now? Yeah, it looked like a lot. Um, absolutely who could we who could we have we could have the mayor on next thursday uh you could we do we just have him on what about latanzio get latanzio well he's going to doctor school uh doctor school what about jay no i'm good i'm good with that um we should, we, I'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go pick up like the owner of the gas station and have mom be like hey how'd you get your liquor license How'd that go? That's a great conversation. We should have him on. Yeah. And talk about what he had to do to get a liquor license. And yeah. if he had to jump through any hoops. And if, like, the people were against him. It's probably so long ago now, man. It's probably been. Ugh, it's a great idea. What he needs to do is he needs to bring some monsters over because I'm addicted. I'm officially addicted to monsters now, I think. Yeah, I was drinking those, like, every day. And then I started getting this weird feeling around, like, 3 o'clock. They need really caffeine. No, it was like uh is it Heart a attack? burnout feeling? It was like a burnout oh. feeling, but I couldn't go to sleep. And then like I was staying up late at night. I was like, dude, this is bad. This is like too much caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt after your bachelor party when I drank all those Red Bull and vodka. Yes, exactly. Same feeling. I uh, like three AM in the morning. I'm like, holy crap, this is bad. All right. Um, I will see you at the office. Are you go to the office tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be in here. It's a cool hangout. Isn't it really nice in there? Like, it I just met you. She's like, Are you going to the office? I was like, I love it in there. Yeah, I go come in here for a little bit, then go to the gym, then come back, you know? As long as I have my noise canceling headphones for you and O'Kill, I'm good. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Thursday, Meerkat and friends. See you then, Isaac. Sounds good. See you. Bye, everybody. Don't forget about call calls for home loans. Rates are low. One nine four nine three one six. Yeah, whatever. Bye.